Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. If you could, do me a favor, reach under your chair and pull out the little Ziploc baggie. That should be under your chair. If you could, try not to open it for me yet. Nope, don't put it in your mouth. That's not what we're doing either. If you could, take it and hold it in the air for me just like this. I want you to do me a favor, hold it in the air and take your mouth and close it. Tonight, we're going to be making something that you're going to go home with but I need your help. Take your Ziploc baggie, hold it in your lap with both your hands right there like this. You with me? Don't open it yet. Please do not open it yet. I want y'all to tell me real quick, what is the gospel? Time out before you go any further. What is the gospel? I was at the dinner table the other night with a couple guys in our very own ministry I asked them the question. I'll come to you in just a second. I asked them the question. I said, what is the gospel? All five of the guys that I asked gave me a different answer. They all gave me a different answer. You know what that tells me is this, is that either there's multiple gospels or not all of them were correct in what the answer was. Let me ask you this, are there multiple gospels? There's one gospel, right? There's one good news, but here's the question. I heard Parker say it just now. It's the good news. What is the good news? If I were to walk up to one of my friends and say, hey, do you know what the gospel is? And they say, it's good news. I'd be like, oh yeah, the Braves are going to the series. You know, is that good news? For some of you, maybe, some of you, maybe not. But I could give you any kind of good news. I want to be specific about what good news the gospel is talking about. So this is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to walk through a couple different items about what is the gospel. If you could do me a favor, you can open your baggie and take out. What are they taking out first, Bree? You're going to take out your black bead. How do they hold the, uh, how do they hold the cord? So you're going to hold the cord with the long end up. Oh. With the long end Just like up. This. Go ahead and hold your little rope and then go ahead and get your black bead out. You get the black bead out and what are they gonna do with the black bead? They're gonna slide on top of the cord from the top? Yes. Just from the longest end? Perfect. Slide the black bead onto your cord all the way down to the knot. Can you do that for us? When you put the black bead on the knot, you can hold it up just like this. Bravo, you're doing great so far, all right? You can take it, put it back in your lap. Here's the deal. Here's the question. What does the black bead represent? What do you think? Sin? The black bead represents sin. Students, right here, guys. I'm looking right here in the back corner. Can I get some leaders to help me out over here? We got some students that are being a little bit loud, disruptive right now. The black bead represents sin because it represents darkness. It represents the mistake that was made in the very beginning with Adam and Eve when they chose their ways rather than God's ways. So what is sin? Sin is when we do something that's against God's plans or God's commands. That's what sin is, right? And to be honest, Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned. Everybody in the world has sinned, Corey included, has sinned. When I was a kid, I would lie. When I was a kid, I would steal candy at times. When I was a kid, no, I'm not kidding. Someone was stealing candy tonight. I saw it. Yeah. 
I've also seen not just lying and stealing in my life. At times, I would hit my sister when I'd get mad at her. Yeah? And guess what? I'm 28 years old today, and I try not to lie, and I try not to steal, and I try not to nudge my sister when she makes me upset today still. But I still make mistakes. I still make mistakes today. I still sin. Everyone in this room has made mistakes. Everyone has. And the, the problem is that when we sin, not just against our sister or our brother or against our mom and dad, but when we sin against God, there's an eternal punishment that comes with our sin. An eternal punishment. What is the punishment? You want to know? Someone give me a hand raise. What is it, bud? Going to hell. See, the consequence of sin, right here, shh. Students, I need y'all with me tonight. I want to teach y'all something that's really cool. It's a really great good news that you need to hear tonight. When people sin, the consequence for that is an eternal punishment in a place called hell. And every person in this room, when they were born, was born being a sinner. Every one of us made mistakes from being a kid and beyond. Hey, guys, please don't pop that. From, from the time when you first were born to the rest of your life, you have made a mistake against God of all creation. The punishment for that is a place called hell. I remember when I was a kid, I was outside at my family's house. At the bottom of the hill, there was an old, really old truck down there that had been parked there for my whole life. And my friend was over the house, and we were just hanging outside in the woods, throwing stuff back and forth. And I saw a rock. I picked it up, and I threw it at the trunk. And it hit the window, shattered the whole window. And this is what I thought. This is what I thought. I thought, that was pretty cool. I'm going to do it again. So I picked up another one, and I threw it again, and I kept throwing it. My dad comes downstairs, down to the bottom of the hill, and he says... Corey Jacob O'Hara, have you lost your mind, right? And I was grounded for a long time. That was a simple consequence for a simple mistake against my mom and my dad. When we sin against the eternal God of all the heavens and all creation, there's an eternal punishment. It's far greater than just being grounded. It's an eternal punishment away from God. That is the problem, and that is what the black bead represents for us today. When I talk about the gospel, it begins with realizing that there's a problem that everyone in this room has, and that's the problem of sin. The next bead we're going to is what color? It is red. So take your bag and pull out your red bead. Red bead. Okay, so... A red bead represents a savior. So, like the sin Corey talks about, hey students, right here, right here. Students. Like the sin that Corey talks about, we're separated from God. God can be nowhere where sin is. So, because of sin, we're separated from him. And so, things we do to try to get to heaven or to try to be on good terms with God, some of us may try to have perfect friends. We might try to have good grades. We might try to go to the mix every Wednesday. We might try to just be nice to our parents. Well, all of those are great things, those things can't get you into heaven. And so, God sent one way for us to get to heaven. Does anybody know what that is? Jesus. Yeah. Through a man it's the church Jesus. answer, right? It's the, the church, church answer. answer. Yeah. Jesus. Everybody, Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So, when God sent his son, Jesus, 
Jesus was perfect, and Jesus was blameless. He had no sin in him at all. And so you think, Reed, why would he send his son to a world that's so broken and so full of sin? Well, in perhaps the greatest love story in the Bible, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. So we all know the verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus came to die, to die a death that we deserved. Jesus didn't deserve to die, but he took on that sin for us. So, but as believers, that is not where our hope ends. Our hope actually begins there. And so Jesus died, and three days later, he rose from the grave. And when he rose from the grave, he took all of our sins, all the things we'd ever done. He took Corey throwing rocks at his dad's <laughs> truck and hitting his sister. He took all those sins, and he forgave them, and he wiped them clean. So three days later, he rose, and he defeated death and sin. So Ephesians 1.7 One second. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood. So we've been saved through his blood. The forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making it. So we needed a savior to save us from the sins that we couldn't save us, save ourselves from. So with that, Corey's going to talk a little bit about what that free gift looks like that Jesus yeah. offered on the cross. Yes, yeah, so Jesus went and died on the cross for every one of you. He took on the punishment that we all deserve for our sin and made it possible for us to be forgiven and saved. But here's the deal. Just knowing about the good news, just knowing about Jesus does not save you. So if you could pull out the white bead is the next one we're going to pull out. The white bead, pull this one out. And if you could hold the white bead up and... Put it over through your cord. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right, you can take your bracelet. You can put it in your lap for a moment. Here's the deal. Here is what the white bead, you can grab it for us, yeah. Here's what the white bead represents. It represents a Savior who has given us salvation. It represents the fact that we can be saved. What do y'all know about this? We had a, a little, like, uh, boat race recently. And someone was sinking, and what they needed more than anything else in their life in that moment was someone to toss them this, correct? Why? To save, to save them, right? Now, all of them had a life jacket on, so they wouldn't necessarily need this. But for all of us in the world out there, when we're walking in sin, we need a Savior, and the Savior is Jesus and offers a way for us to be saved. But here's the question. Most people would say they... The way that they have a faith or the way they believe that they're saved is by being a good person. Have y'all ever heard that before? Like, how are you going to get to heaven? Oh, by being a good person. Have y'all heard that? I've heard someone say, if, how am I going to go to heaven? Well, I go to church. That's how I go to heaven. Can I tell you, both of those answers are wrong. Going to church does not get you into heaven. Being a good person does not get you saved. Nothing you, having the amount, right amount of money, right here, guys, right here. These are my guys right in the front. Y'all be with me. Having the right amount of money, having the right job one day, being a good person does not save you. Jesus is the one who saves you. And the only way you're saved, it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in our hearts that he died and rose from the dead to save us, then you will be saved. Does he say, if you go to church, you'll be saved. If you help old people cross the street, you'll be saved. No. It says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and rose from the grave, all of that to save you, you'll believe in that, then you will be saved. Here's the reality right here. Salvation comes not by you doing something or accomplishing something. Salvation comes by believing that Jesus loves you, that he died on the cross for you, repenting from sins. Anyone know what the word repent means? It means, what do you think right here? It means like It's close. What do you got? To ask God for forgiveness, but it's even more than that. What else is it? Right here. To turn away from something. So here's the deal. If I, if I was throwing rocks at a car and breaking windows, that's wrong. If I go to my dad and say, I'm sorry, all I'm doing is saying, I want you to forgive me. But if I can go and say, dad, I'm sorry, and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to throw rocks at your truck. I don't want to be disobedient to my dad anymore. That is repentance. That is saying, I don't want what I used to do. I want what God has for me. I want to turn to the right path. I want to turn away from the wrong path and follow the Lord. That's repentance. How did you do that, Bree? How did you get saved knowing that you had sin in your life, knowing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? How did you get saved? Okay, so I was saved when I was seven years old. I was in the church and I had learned, someone had said the gospel, I'd heard it many times, but it wasn't until this time that it clicked for me. And so I remember the sins in my life, and I remember hearing that God hates sin. He doesn't hate me, but he hates sin. And I knew that I did not want to be separated from God. So hearing the gospel um, presentation that night, I was like, I need Jesus, and there's nothing I can do to get rid of my sins. I need help from that. And so that night, I remember giving my life to the Lord, knowing that, like, he could save me and free me from those sins. Amen. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, amen, man. So here's the deal. Here's the question. If that's what happens, someone... Someone prays a prayer of repentance. Someone believes that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. What happens next? Some of you maybe have made that decision before. Maybe when you were seven, just like us. Maybe when you were at Camp Outrageous or maybe at camp. Or maybe on a Wednesday night here at church, you've gotten saved. What comes next? So, Bree, tell us what happens. All right, so now you're going to grab your green bead from your bag I'll hold it for you. Did you want to make the bracelet? Oh, you're okay. All right, does everybody have their green bee? Hold it up. Hold it up if your bracelet's been made so far. All right, perfect. All right, you can put them down. You can put them down. So the green bee, it stands for sprout. So another word for sprout is growth. So Corey's holding the plant. Now, does anybody think this plant started out looking like this? No. no. How did it start out? A seed. Yes. So just like right here, students, right here. So a little tiny seed is where it started out. So you can kind of look at it as growing in your relationship with Christ. As soon as you accept that free gift of salvation, you're at the beginning of your journey with Christ. And so in first, 2 Peter 3.18... We see that 
but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So after you're saved, you might ask the question, well, Bree, I've accepted his free gift. I understand it, but what's next? Does that just mean I'm good to go? Do I need to do anything else for it? And so God calls us to grow. So what does growth look like in Jesus? And how do we grow closer to Jesus? So here's the goal. Two things I want you guys to remember. Number one, you're going to read your Bible. You're going to read your Bible and learn all about Jesus and what he says. And so a perfect opportunity to do that and to learn stories is here at the mix. When someone speaks here at the mix, we're not speaking from our own words. We're speaking from the true scripture in the Bible. And so as you guys know, there's two things in the world that never change, Jesus and his words. So we should cling close to those things. So with that, you're hearing stories every night. You're in a big group of over 100 students in here, so sometimes it's hard to have good discussions about that, right? But we get to teach you guys those things on Wednesday night because they come straight from Scripture. Then, going a little smaller than that, Sunday mornings we have life groups, right? Who goes to life groups? Yeah, we've got a lot of life groups in here. Awesome, awesome. So in life groups, you're in a group with about 15 or so people, sometimes smaller, sometimes a little bigger. But you're hearing passages from Scripture, and your teachers are getting to dive into that with you, and you're getting to learn more about that. So you're getting to learn who Jesus is, who he says you are, who he says you're supposed to be, um, and just the stories in the Bible. So, and then the third one, even smaller than that, is discipleship. Does anybody know what discipleship is? Just a few people. Has anybody ever heard of discipleship? You might not know yeah. what it is. Corey, why don't you tell us what discipleship is? Okay, so I'll give you an example. So I'm going to come back here to the back real quick. If you're in the front, just turn this way a little bit for me, okay? I'm going to come back here. So last year I started meeting with a couple of students, and one of the guys I got to meet up with was Malachi. Stand up, Malachi. Come here, bud. I met up with Malachi and a couple other guys every single week, and what we would do is very simple. Every week, Malachi would read um, about five to seven chapters a week in the Bible, correct? Mm-hmm. You would write in his journal about what he was learning about God, what he's learning about the Lord, and how it like applied to his life. He'd be like, man, I got to love my parents better. I got to be better brother to my sister. Um, he would never tell that to her face, obviously, but you would say that to her, you know, in our group. Uh, you would talk about how there was things you were wanting to do better in life, but then also you were talking about memorizing the Bible. And we memorized like parts of the Bible, like in the book of James, we memorized some verses there. And every week we would quote scripture together, we would pray together, we would read the Bible together, and we would hang out, we would do life with each other. And that was discipleship. It was a younger believer learning from an older believer every single week, just doing life with him. That is discipleship. And many of you, some of you in this room, have a discipleship. You've got, you know someone that maybe is like older than you, that you look up to, that you uh, wanna be like when you get older, that loves the Lord. Those are the people you wanna learn from. You wanna, like, Malachi would come up to me and say, hey, I want to learn how to do this. Teach me how to do this. And I would teach him how to memorize scripture. And we would walk around practicing our verses. Remember we would walk around outside all the time, like practicing? Man, Malachi was learning them left and right. But there's other things that you can do as a, in a discipleship group that you're just learning how to follow Jesus from someone who's already doing it a little bit older than you. And I believe that's a great model for a middle schooler of what discipleship is. Thanks, bro. Yes, so a little bit about my story again, and some of you guys heard it um, a few nights ago at the mix, but I was saved when I was seven, but I didn't start discipleship until last year when I was 20 years old. And so I'm 21, give it that away. But I did not start it until I was 20 years old. And middle schoolers, I wish that I would have started it in middle school. I wish Mm -hmm. I would have listened to my leaders and when they talked about discipleship, I wish that it didn't go in one year and out the other year. I wish I would have gotten into a group Mm because I met with a lady every week 
So weekly, we met on Thursday nights. I didn't make plans on Thursday nights. It was a priority for me. And every day, I'd read my Bible, and I did it with a group of girls. It was me and two other girls. And then weekly, we'd meet with our leader, and she'd go over how to read the Bible, how to dive deeper, how to apply it to our mm -hmm. lives, like what it says about God. Not just how can we apply it to our lives, but like what does this teach me about the Lord, and how can I strive to be like Jesus after I know that? And so with that, discipleship is so it's just so important, and I would really encourage you students to ask like me and Corey and the rest of the team about that because it's something that I wish I would have done when mm -hmm. I was in middle school because it radically changed my, my relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And then the second thing I would encourage you students to do when you're growing in Christ is to share what God is doing in your life with others. So I want you guys, when you're learning these things in discipleship, when you're learning these things at the mix, nothing's stopping you from not going to school and sharing that. Like You can share at the mix like, at lunch, do y'all go to lunch in the cafeteria? I'm sure I haven't been yeah. to one of those in a while. And so what you do, and maybe you're like, okay, I don't know how to like start a conversation with this person. Start talking about the mix right here, students, right here, students. Start talking about the mix and what God's doing um, in your life from what you heard and sharing that with others. So the two things are reading and learning God's word and praying about that and then sharing with others. So, but what does that practically look like for a middle school student? So you're saying, Okay, Brie, I know that I need to do all this, but what does it look like for me today? So today, you can read the Bible. You know, you can get on a reading plan. You can ask us for reading plans. You can look them up on the internet. There's so many of them. And then look for someone, like Corey was saying, to be discipled by. You know, Malachi was discipled by Corey, and so I disciple girls right now, too. And so it's so awesome. You need to look for that leader who's older than you that can pour into you. And then third, just begin praying and just obeying what God is saying to you in that prayer mm -hmm. time. And then asking God simply like, okay, God, what do you want from me today? What do you yeah. want me to do for your kingdom? And so yeah. right now, um, you can pray, you can read your Bible, and you can share it with others. And that is a great way to start growing your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, perfect. All right, we're on to our last bead. Hold up your yellow one. I think someone might have already cheated and got ahead of us. It's okay. It's all right. Take the yellow one, put it on the cord, and then uh, I'll just don't tie a knot yet, okay? Just trust me. Don't tie a knot yet. Hang tight with me. You can take it, put it in your lap. Yellow represents this. It's very simple. We have our item. Yellow represents... Shh. Right here, guys. One day, Jesus is going to come. It's going to take us away from this world here. And we're going to go to a heavenly home that's different than right here. It's a place that's going to be better than anything you can ever imagine. And I know that you always think of heaven like it's going to be like a place where you're always singing all the time. Is anyone else like grew up thinking like heaven's just where you sing songs to God all the time? Here's the deal. That's, that's not all it is, okay? It's all the things that you enjoy on earth in a new heaven and a new earth there. It's all the things that the Lord has created that are good here that you're going to, have to enjoy even greater and even better with the Lord. There's no more hurt. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more shame or guilt for sin or mistakes. God has made a perfect place, an oasis for his people. It's a place called heaven. And for anyone who responds to the good news of the gospel, who says, I'm sorry for where I've made mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me, and I have prayed in faith that Jesus would save me. 
Those people are the ones who will grow in their walk with the Lord as they're continuing life. And one day we'll get to go be with Jesus at a place that's different than the world we're at now in a place called heaven. Isn't that great news? That's great news. That's the good news of the gospel. Students, here's the deal. Thank you very much. You can take your cord and you can tie a knot at the end of where it's at. You may want to double knot it to make sure that it stays nice and tight for you. But you can go ahead and tie it off and that's going to be a bracelet that you're able to wear. Or if you don't wear bracelets, you can put it on your backpack that maybe you take to school. It's a little tag along, hang on the edge of it. You can cut the lines if you need to to make it shorter. But it's a great tool to have. People are going to ask you all the time, People are going to ask you, what does the bracelet represent? And you're going to be given, can I see your microphone real quick? You're going to be given the opportunity to tell them about what the good news of the gospel is. I'm going to ask if Lucy, are you able to do that for me? Lucy, could you stand up for me? I'm going to give you this. I'm going to hold your bracelet for you. Where's your bracelet at? Perfect. Lucy, I'm going to ask you, just like if someone were to ask you in your class, what does the black bead represent? Sin. What is the consequence of sin? Death. Death. And then what's the red bead stand for? It tells us that Jesus came back for us to save us from our sins. Amen, yeah. And what does the white bead stand for? Um, our sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Through what? What do we have to do? Through when we repent of our sins. And believe in Jesus. Perfect. And then what happens after? What's the green bead, green bead represent? We sprout in our faith and grow. Yeah, that's perfect. Continue to grow. How do you do that? We can pray, we can read our Bible, we can discipleship. Amen. Perfect. And then what does the yellow bead represent? It represents Jesus' second coming. Amen. One day Jesus is going to come back and take us with him, right? Amen. Way to go, Lucy. I'll put a round of applause for Lucy. Way to go. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. My hope is that you would not come out of my middle school ministry and not know what the gospel is. If y'all leave middle school ministry and you cannot confidently tell someone what the gospel is. I have failed you. I have failed you. So the next two weeks, this week and next week, you're going to be learning about what is the gospel and how do you share the gospel. Every one of you should know what it means to be saved and how you got saved. If you don't know the fact that we've all had sin and that that consequence is an eternal separation of a place called hell, if you don't know the bad news, if you don't know that Jesus came and died on the cross for you to be saved and has made a way for you to be saved through faith and belief in Jesus and repentance, if you don't understand that, then I have missed it, guys. This news, this good news of the gospel is the best thing I can share with you. And my prayer is this, that you would not just have a cool bracelet to take home, but that you would have something you'd be able to think about and look at during the week and be reminded of what Jesus did for you. How you can be saved. I want everybody to take a moment. I want you to everybody take a moment, close your eyes, bow your head for just, just a brief moment for me, okay? I'm gonna ask if, the, if, if, if you guys would just close your eyes, bow your heads if, if, if you're... If you're fiddling or someone's being distracting, just tell them to just sit tight for a moment for you because this is a serious moment. I want to ask you something. Here's the deal. Many of you have been in this church for a long time. 
Many of you have grown up in church, and maybe for the first time tonight, the gospel makes sense. This is the first time in your life that you feel like, I actually understand what Jesus did for me. I want to ask you to do me a favor for me. If that's someone that's there, I want you to think about, do you want to follow Jesus for the rest of your life? Do you want Jesus to save you? Do you want to say, I'm sorry, Lord, for I've missed it? Do you want to say, I want to believe in Jesus for the first time, and I want to follow Jesus with the rest of my life? Are you at a spot tonight where you would say, you know what, for the first time the gospel makes sense, and, and I don't want to leave here without knowing for sure that I'm going to go to heaven with Jesus whenever he comes back? If that's you tonight, I want to tell you what you can do right now. With everyone got their eyes closed and their head bowed, you can simply ask Jesus tonight to come into your life and to save you. It's so simple. All you do is ask Jesus, say, Lord, I'm sorry for where I've made mistakes. I'm sorry for where I've missed it. I'm sorry for where I've, I've failed in a lot of ways. But Lord, I don't want to do it anymore. And I want you, Jesus, to come into my life and save me. I believe that you died on the cross to save me. And today I want you to change my life. I want to be saved. If you want to pray something like that, if you want to pray a prayer for salvation for the first time, I want you to be favorable. Everyone's got their eyes closed and their head bowed. I want while everyone's looking down, I want you to look up at me. If for the first time you want to get saved tonight, I want you to look up to me. I see you. I see you. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah? Anyone else? In the back? I'm looking back there. I see you guys. Amen. I see a couple of you. Yeah. Thank y'all for looking up at me. Everyone keep your head bowed unless you're wanting to, unless you are saying tonight, I want to I wanna talk more about what this means to be saved. I see a couple of you around the room. I appreciate y'all. While everyone's got their head bowed, I want to just look at you real quick. For those who had just now looked at me, made eye contact, you can stay looking at me. I want you to know this. Jesus loves you so much. And the whole good news of the gospel, it's, it's not a religion to follow. It's a relationship with Jesus, and he wants to have it with you. And tonight, you can make that decision to follow Jesus. You can be saved tonight. You can be saved tonight. I'm going to ask you something very bold for me. I'm going to have Bree go to the back of the room for me, Okay. Everyone's got their head bound, eyes closed, except for those that are looking at me who wanted to get saved tonight, who want to talk more about that. Or maybe, maybe you're saying, I'm just curious. I just want to talk about this with someone. I got leaders here who would love to talk to you more about what it means to follow Jesus. And so I want you to, I'm going to count down just a minute, one, two, three. I want you to stand up in a moment. I want you to go see them, if you're willing. There's no one's forcing you. If you don't want to do it, you're like, hey, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. I'm not going to do it. That's fine. You stay where you're at. But I would love the opportunity, myself, Bree, and a couple of the leaders, to just talk with you about what it means to really follow Jesus. To be saved. If you really want to talk, I'm going to count down on three, and then we can walk to the back, anyone that wants to, to talk to one of our leaders or myself or Bree 
about what it means to follow Jesus, okay? I want you to move on three for those that want to. One, two, three, go. Thank you, I see you. I see you guys. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead and you go to the back. Thank y'all. We got leaders in the back that are gonna meet with you guys. Jason, you can connect with them if you want to, come on. Yeah, amen. Anybody else? It's not too late. If anybody else wants to get up and go, I'll walk to the back with you in a minute if you want me to. Everyone else, I want you to don't move. Just look at me real quick. Everyone else in this room would tell me one of two things. Either I've already made the decision to follow Jesus or tonight I'm not ready to do that. That's okay. That's okay. My hope is this, is that if you still have questions about what the gospel is, come find me. I want to talk to you more about it. But I want to ask you all a question before we go any further. I'm going to ask you a question without putting your hand up, without answering it yet, just think about it in your mind. I want you to answer in your mind. Why do we sing songs at the mix? Why do we sing songs at the mix? I'm gonna look first to a sixth grader in the room. Why? What do you think? It shows the Lord that we're respectful to him, that we care about him. What about a seventh grader in the room? What do you think? It's to worship him, to show that we love him. I want an eighth grader in the room. Right here. To worship Jesus. Can I be honest? This entire semester... This entire semester has been so hard to worship in middle school because so many people are being so distracting in here. It's hard to teach in here. It's hard to sit up here and teach when there's distractions, people that are just laughing and goofing off the whole time. I want to come into the mix and really get after reading the Bible and really get after singing God's praises, like for real. And I know there's some in here that would say, yeah, I'm with you. I know there's some others that would probably in this room that would say, man, that's not where I'm at. Let me just tell you this. Maybe we don't know how to worship in this room because we don't really know what worship looks like for a middle school student. Can I tell you what it looks like? We just heard the good news of the gospel, which gives me all the reason in the world to praise God. Right? When I sing songs, it's a response to what God has done. When I'm singing a song in the car, it's because I'm thankful for who God is. When I come into the mix and sing praises to God, it's because, Lord, I've had a busy week. I've had a lot go on, but I'm reminded right now in this song of truths that Jesus is King, that Jesus is Lord, that he loves me. I'm reminded that all my problems, all my struggles, all my challenges are fixed when I turn to Jesus. And so right now I'm going to lift up my hands or I'm going to sit in my spot and I'm just going to read the words on the screen and try to sing as I can, or maybe, maybe I don't sing at all. Maybe I just stand there and read, this, read the words because I'm just 
trying to think about what's on the screen and I'm worshiping in my heart. You, maybe some people just sit down on the front. They come down the front, they just sit down and say, I'm not gonna stand up and make it a show at all. I'm just gonna sit here and think about what is happening in this moment. I'm gonna think about the Lord. Students, I'm, I'm, as your middle school pastor, I'm genuinely begging you. I'm looking at the guys in the back. I'm looking at the girls on the side. I'm looking at all across the room like, guys, please. If, you, if you're not wanting to worship, if you're like, man, this is, I don't even know what to do here. I don't even know what, what this is about. Then that's fine. Just don't be a distraction to the rest of the group that wants to sing the praises of God. We're about to start singing to the God of all creation. Not, not just a song on the radio. We're singing to God eternal. It's more than just words on a, on a screen. We're singing to the God of all creation, the God of kings, the Lord of lords, and Jesus Christ himself. That's who we're singing to tonight. So please, y'all, be with me. Go with me into worship tonight. Can y'all do that?